There is nothing that levels the playing field of life like education. The Denver Scholarship Foundation is unmatched when it comes to making seemingly impossible college dreams come true for aspiring Denver Public High School students. You'll hear from powerhouse CEO Lori Rabinowitz how the Denver Scholarship Foundation is elevating and transforming generations of thousands of students and families on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and it is a gift to share a conversation with Lori Rabinowitz, CEO of the Denver Scholarship Foundation. Lori joined DSF in 2017, where her passion to foster equitable opportunities and outcomes for all manifests itself daily. Prior to joining DSF, Lori built an impressive resume, including executive roles with entrepreneurial venture Denver Center for Arts and Technology and Rebound Solutions. She spent nine years in business development for Nine News, which concluded an extensive career in radio and TV. Lori completed Rose Community Foundation's Roots and Branches in 2012 and Leadership Denver in 2011. She was recognized as a Nine News Leader of the Year finalist in 2021, Denver Business Journal Outstanding Women in Business finalist in 2020, Colorado Women's Chamber of Commerce Top 25 Most Powerful Women of 2019, and Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce Chamber Champion in 2014. Wow. Most recently, Lori was selected as a Woman of Distinction by Girl Scouts of Colorado and as a recipient of the Colorado Titan 100 in 2022. Lori's passion for community service extends well beyond DSF as she serves on numerous boards, advisory boards, and committees, including Rose Community Foundation, MSU Denver, CU Denver School of Business, Swedish Medical Center, and Project Angel Heart. And she is a former board member and chair of the Denver Metro Chamber Leadership Foundation. She's also been active with Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Colorado, and with Kappa Kappa Gamma in local, state, and national roles. She grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and earned a degree in biology from the University of New Mexico, Go Lobos. Lori enjoys time with her partner, Paul, bonus kids, Antonio and Zoe, and dogs and cats, Winnie, Tappy, and Callie. I hope I said all those right. Lori, welcome, and thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. That was an extremely generous introduction. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, the one thing I love about these podcasts, it makes me feel like the biggest slacker of all time. But let's start by how would you describe Denver Scholarship Foundation to somebody that doesn't know anything about it? Denver Scholarship Foundation works with Denver Public School students on their journeys to and through college completion and beyond, really into life success and forever impacting in a very, very positive way our community. I know there's way more to it than meets the eye, and you're doing way more than just providing scholarships. So talk about some of the impacts you have economically, socially, and, and on the city, not just on the, on the students and families. Yeah. Thanks for that question, Jay. That's been a, a work in progress as we continue to work to quantify that economic impact. Right. Uh, qualitatively, we know the impacts and outcomes are significant. We're yeah. very fortunate to have a robust alumni group with whom we stay connected and to meet with student scholars and alumni every day to hear from them 
about the impacts on themselves, certainly, right. but also their families, their communities. Many of our scholars and students coach soccer teams and our alumni in the workplace bring others into the fold uh, who have kids who might qualify for Denver Scholarship Foundation. Right. So, so it's really a far-reaching organization in yeah. ways that certainly can and will be quantified in terms of economic impact, but also those day-to-day qualitative stories and impacts are really profound. Right. Well, and what I love doing some research is there's so many great statistics on, on your website, but one of my favorite ones is for every dollar that you all provide in scholarships that usually results in $3 in additional financial aid. Explain that one and how that, how, you know, so if somebody's contributing to DSF, that's being leveraged three times. Yeah. So our our work is really partnership-based. Okay? We can't do what we do without right. community, without Denver Public Schools, without our college partners. So we do our work in three parts. College access, which we provide through our 15 future centers on site, mm-hmm. Denver Public Schools, high schools, our right. promise-based scholarship. And the third component of our work is college success. So every scholar who receives the scholarship, 1,870 scholars, received the DSS scholarship last year. That's and all amazing. of those scholarships include wraparound support uh, that we are able to provide with great thanks to our 31 college partners across the state. Right. Those partnerships include additional gift aid. So each year we annually negotiate uh, that partnership with our 31 partners wow. in higher education, technical colleges, community colleges, and universities. Those negotiations include sharing data, a human resource on campus at all of our, with all of our campus partners, both in financial aid and student success and additional gift aid. To your point, it's really important for us to be able to leverage our investment, both with other scholarships, which we require as one of the criteria Mm -hmm. of receiving our scholarships and that additional gift aid from our college partners so that we're all in it together to help break these financial barriers that our scholars are facing. Amazing. And my other, I think my other favorite statistic is 89% of all the students that you're working with are first generation college students. So talk about how that really changes trajectory, not just for that student, but it can impact a whole family. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, One of my greatest joys of our work is the opportunity to work with students who are first in their families to go to and through college completion. It is really incredible, to your point, Jay, to see the impact on the individual student as well as families and, and ultimately communities. And those conversations really start through the future centers. Uh, We work with all seniors on site through our future centers at our 15 schools where we are now. And in about half of those, we also have ninth to 11th grade services. So we try to start those conversations as early on as possible and work really hard to engage parents and families alongside because if, if our students are first in their families to go to college, this can be a really daunting experience for students who are continuing generation as well as first generation college students. And so everything we can do to, to engage our families alongside is really, really valuable as we grow our relationships in community. Uh, Amazing. And you're now, you've got these future centers in all the DPS high schools. So what does it look like for somebody who's going to walk into that center for the first time? 
as a freshman or a sophomore or junior. What is that experience like? Yeah. So we have 15 future centers throughout DPS currently, but every DPS graduate is eligible for our DSF scholarship. Wow. When a student walks into the future center or we bring them into the future center because we do, it's our goal to engage with every senior in the high school. So if so students you proactively, don't come to us, you got it. If they don't come awesome. to us on their own, then we our, our teachers are incredible partners in this work, our administration at the high school level, because yeah. we run passes. Sometimes we stop students in the hall and say, hey, Lori, I haven't seen you in the Future Center, uh, because it's really important to us that we talk with every senior in the high school about what right. life looks like after high school. Uh, to your point, as you can imagine, many students come in and say, I have an idea of what I'd like to do. Uh, some students say, I have an idea of what I'd like to do, but I'm not exactly sure how to do it. And some of our students say, I'm not really sure. And so many of our conversations include helping students unearth their own passions and know that every opportunity out there is available to them. And then it's our job and start thought partnership and with navigation to be able to figure out how to get to whatever those dreams are and, and help to build that bridge in those pathways. Amazing. Well, I know y'all just celebrated your 15th anniversary. So salute. And I know that Rome is not built in a day. So talk about the journey to get to where now you're in all of all the DPS schools, because this, you know, you look at it today, it's this awesome organization helping 1900 kids. It didn't start that way. So talk about how, what it took to really kind of reach where you are today. Yeah, uh, well, it, it continues to be an opportunity for growth Absolutely. and improvement, right? So uh, our founders, Tim and Bernie Marcus, and then Mayor John Hickenlooper, then Superintendent of Denver Public Schools, Michael Bennett, had an idea about how we might be able to work in better service, in particular to our students who were growing up with low income in their families. And so providing that opportunity to access higher education and ultimately complete for every DPS graduate who met a series of, wow. of eligibility requirements. So I think in the, our first couple of years, we were working with 130, then I think maybe 150 students. And now overarching, we, re, we reach close to 8,000 young people every year wow. between the 1,800 plus scholarships we provide and those services nine through 12. We continue to learn over the course of time, really from our students and scholars, quite honestly. We certainly stay up to date on national, like state and local research, but really we listen to our students. And when they say, I need this, or I'm interested in this, it's our job to meet them where they are and providing that feedback. So over the course of time, then we started with future centers and scholarships now have added in this college success piece with our 31 institutions of higher ed to be able to grow and scale the program. It's, it's the reason we started adding ninth to 11th grade services. So many of our High school seniors said, oh, I wish I would have started this conversation earlier. Mm -hmm. And so it's up to wow. us to figure out how to yeah. provide those, you know, raise the funds and and welcome that investment in our students earlier on. So now actually one of our new strategic plan goals is to expand our support. So in every future center served school, provide ninth through 12th grade services into college to and through completion, and then really into alumni status and early career so oh, that we geez. can expand that continuum of services to be uh, in partnership with our students even longer throughout the wow. course of their journey. 
So it's like you're, you're getting a whole generation. It's amazing to think, you know, you'll work with kids for eight, 10, 12 years and talking about the partnership piece of this, this is another fascinating part of the organization. You not only do all this with the DPS schools, but like you mentioned, 31 partnership colleges talk about that, that partnerships and, and, and maintaining all those. Absolutely. We really can't do what we do without our partners. Right. For certain. So our college partners across the state, to your point, of which there are 31, 31. technical colleges, community colleges, universities, which really gives us the opportunity to, again, provide all opportunities to our students Mm -hmm. and honor all pathways based on their choices and their vision and their passions, which is key and core to our mission and our work. So our college partners across the state really have been extraordinarily generous and continue to be both in terms of that additional gift aid and data sharing, but also those student success supports on campus are so important to be able to check in with students over the course of the semester that provide that thought partnership, which which is different based on each college campus. Mm -hmm. Um, But we agree on what those student success requirements are in advance every year. We actually have our own staff on site at the Auraria campus and then have individual campus contacts at our other 28 partners to meet with students to talk about academic planning, how to connect with the campus. We know students are that much more successful when they connect with their institution. Mm -hmm. Uh, We provide a variety of workshops that we require students to attend. And then as they complete those requirements, then that's when they receive the next installment of their scholarships. So there's an, uh, an incentive there to continue to progress forward with these tools and resources continuing to be provided along the way. Well, it's inspiring to see some of these students that, like say, 90, almost 90% of them, it's their first time in college. They really don't have a base of experience. So it's not like you can just go, okay, hey, we got you into Regis. We're going to get you some financial support. Good luck. Right. That that level of support has got to be critical in getting them from point A to B to B to C and all the way through. It really is. It really is. Navigating the entire journey can really be quite cumbersome and very, very complicated. And so uh, for everyone going through and and in particular, Jay, to your note on uh, working with our first generation college students, this opportunity to to go through all of the Mm -hmm. cobwebs and and stair steps along the way uh, to be a thought partner in that process and a tiny part of our students' journeys is really such a gift. I mean, our students are entering into this process with an incredible asset base, um, incredibly resilient and persistent and dedicated, so wicked smart in every definition of the word. And, (laughs) and so to get to be, you know, in, in partnership with them to navigate all of these complicated pathways. And then at the end of all of this work, start that next chapter into early career, building that social mobility, economic mobility um, to your earlier point that we see with our families and, and within our community. Well, and I think this is this is another fascinating part of all this is the alumni piece of it, which is kind of another leg to that holds everything up is that once the kids go through this, I mean, Derek, the guy that now is one of your directors is, is, is the, the story, right? But people that that go through this and then are so devoted that they'll be active alumni talk a little about about 
about the power that they provide. Absolutely. Thank you for that shout out to Derek Sandoval, our assistant director. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to share it with him. Uh, Such a great story. Such a great story and a perfect example, right? He attended Kennedy High School. His advisor at the time was Renee Bruning, now Renee Blue. And, And he will tell the story in saying, I wanted to be Renee when I grew up and Renee is now our senior director of programs oh and gosh. Derek is our assistant director of trio. And so it's really exciting to see that relationship come full circle right. to where now Derek has been working with students over the last several years. Uh, our alumni base is really important. We have a very dedicated alumni advisory council. We have a near peer mentorship program that we started a couple of years ago so that recent graduates are working with DSF scholars while they're still in school. In addition to those advisory supports that we provide to be able to say, I know what you're going through because I went through it last semester, right? It's so recent. Most of our staff have shared experience. In fact, all of our staff have shared experience in some way, shape, or form with our students and scholars. Many of our team members graduated from DPS, were first-generation college graduates. Many are bilingual. And so uh, the majority of our colleagues are professionals of color. So it really gives us the opportunity to connect with our students and scholars in meaningful ways from the beginning. And then adding in this near peer component with our alumni to say, I went through this a year ago, two years ago, et cetera, has proven to be very, very valuable as another part of our village that comes together to wrap arms around our students and scholars on their journeys. Well, and this alumni engagement had to be an intentional part of the strategy, you know, probably pretty early on. Yeah. And and I think as is the case with any growing nonprofit, our systems have also improved over the course of time. Right. So early on, we weren't uh, as closely connected with alumni and it's actually another part of our strategic planning goals for the next three years. It, as we expand support, how can we grow our our group of alumni, of engaged alumni even more? So we have an yeah. incredibly dedicated group of alumni now, but working on some new strategies to outreach and engage even more. We have almost 8,300 folks who have gone through the wow. program at this point. And so uh, lots of opportunity to reconnect and continue to grow and strengthen that alumni base, which also helps with that early stage career. We know that right. social capital building is a key component of what yep. we do. We can do it actively when students are in college and, and work hard to do so. But also as they graduate from college, it's wonderful when there's a field that they're interested in pursuing to have another DSF scholar working mm-hmm. for that company, or maybe that company yeah. has been a corporate partner of ours or what yeah, have just, you to help uh, in continuing to build those bridges even after no college completion. No kidding. And this also has to, because of your strong alumni base and, and because of the constituents that you're serving, this also has to kind of give you a leg up in really being a leader in diversity, equity, and inclusion. So, um, you know, how does that all factor into the strategic plan? I saw the JEDI acronym and, and read a little bit about that, but that has to be an intentional piece of what you're doing now too, right? It is. It is. It's really central to our work. The majority of students and scholars with whom we work are students of color. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to provide the strongest resources, ensure that we are continuing to be 
culturally relevant and culturally aligned to, again, meet our students where they are. A key component of that is honoring someone's lived experience as expertise and really leaning in to understand someone's individual journey and what is laying that foundation for everything that comes next. So that as students are thinking about college, as an example, what is the best fit socially, academically, financially, so that they're best set up for success to be able to launch into that college journey and then ultimately complete 82% of our scholars are persisting or graduated in the last six years, which is really, really exciting and obviously significantly higher than any local or national average uh, in terms of that data. Well, it's awesome because I really think it sets you guys up to be in, in a leadership role in, with the city and the schools and your partners um, on, on this hugely important issue. But, you know, you've been at this for a while. Uh, we've read your incredible resume. What have been some of the, the, the bedrock leadership principles that you've relied on throughout the years and especially at DSF? Most, important, most importantly, uh, active listening. So that opportunity to lean in and listen and learn from our colleagues, our students, our families, scholars, our donors, our partners across the the community, across our community, uh, which then leads right into collaboration and the importance of shared vision and working together to continue to accomplish immediate goals and think long term alongside. So our work is never done, either in terms of listening listening or in terms of acting. And so those really stand out immediately. And to your earlier point, the critical importance of meeting students and our colleagues where they are, again, alongside our partners, our donors, um, but really honoring lived experience as expertise and prioritizing bringing important voices who oftentimes critical voices who oftentimes aren't around the table into the conversations and honoring and prioritizing those voices and driving our work, driving our structure. Uh, we've grown. We were 32 colleagues when I joined the team and we're likely to top 80 wow. this year. So we've seen significant growth and it no really is by co-creating our work, our culture, our organization together and knowing that that's something that is important to continue on and forward. That's awesome. Everybody should listen to that again. I know I will. That I can't think of a business that that couldn't apply to. So this is not a fair question, but I always ask, do you have any favorite stories that really have stood out? I mean, I'm sure you've got 20 million and trying to figure one or two is, is not fair, but I'll ask anyways. I have a bunch. We could spend days and days and days and days days. sharing stories. Um, One of my favorites actually took place probably my second week here at DSF. Um, I'm someone who really believes in the strength and expertise and power of our team. And I love learning about, our colleagues and their backgrounds and their stories and their journeys. And when I first started working with the organization, the way in which the desk was configured had my back to the door. And I Uh, thought, well, gee, that doesn't feel very welcoming. And so our first staff meeting took place shortly after I was hired. And I said to our team, first things first, 
I, I'm excited to meet with each of you one-on-one and I'm excited to shift my desk around <laughs> so that I can see you all. Right. Uh, and by the time the meeting finished, I was talking with some folks after the meeting, I came into my office and eight or nine of our colleagues were moving my furniture. Uh, and it was the coolest thing ever because I thought, yay, I get to, I get to face everyone and, and engage with everyone early on than even I anticipated because that was key and core to me and how wonderful for our colleagues to actually come in and start moving. Yeah, they were excited. Um, they were excited yeah, for you to make that yeah. step too. That's so that awesome. Was, Super cool. And then one of my colleagues said, gee, it looks like you really want to actually talk to us. Oh <laughs> us. And I said, I really do. And it, and it provided an opportunity to have an open door in both a literal and a figurative way so that we could connect that much easier and, and that much more quickly. Which goes back to what you're saying before. I've been around long enough to know that great leaders are great listeners. So having that open doors mean people can come in and you'll listen. So salute for that. So I, what is it again, probably not a fair question, but what most excites you about the future for DSF? I'm sure there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. The continued success of our students and our scholars. I mean, as, as our scholars are completing college and going out into the workforce, they are thriving. Every time I think about, frustrations that I have with society right now. I think about how excited I am in knowing that our future is in such good hands. Uh, Our young adults are going out into the workforce. They're going into college, passionate about social justice, passionate about bringing about change. And, and we see that impact already as, as young people and young professionals, it is incredibly inspiring and energizing to see real time and think about all of those impacts in the future. Fantastic. So my, my last questions are think of what, what is something you will read, listen to, or watch today? I am finishing Viola Davis's biography, actually autobiography, and I am hoping to complete it by the end of the weekend. So whether it's today or sometime over the weekend, by the end of Sunday, I am holding myself accountable to having finished it. It's so good. Really, really a a good. uh, She's an amazing storyteller. She's an incredible human and her generosity and sharing her story in the way that she has in her autobiography is is absolutely incredible. Okay. Awesome. So tell me if you can think of a role model, somebody who's been a role model throughout your career from a leadership standpoint or a service standpoint, or just somebody who's really made a difference for you. I have a lot of those too. I feel really fortunate to have had so many conversations and continue to have so many conversations that I glean learning from. And so I have a lot of mentors in my life now and I've had many, many leading up to this point. I feel like every conversation I have, I'm so lucky to be able to take something away and learn from it. And uh, so picking one, once again, these are hard questions, Jay. They are hard Um, questions. I would say my dad, uh, if I can only pick one, he was a black history professor at the University of New Mexico and uh, just incredibly intentional about honoring voice and amplifying stories of individuals who for generations have been quieted 
Uh, he additionally, we learned later in our lives when I was 26, had lived with a blood disorder for my entire life wow. that I didn't even know about and really lived his life like tomorrow could be his last day. And I learned a lot in that regard uh, without knowing that I was Good learning lesson. in that regard yeah. um, and and have carried that forward with me as well. If it's something that you're passionate about, don't wait, go do it. Um, and feel really good about doing it and and from that learning experience. Well. Wherever he is, I'm sure he's proud. So other than DSF, is there an organization that you really admire that you'd love to give a shout out to for the work they're doing? Oh gosh, so many. Let's see. I will take the opportunity to celebrate Project Angel Heart. I'm still a very active volunteer for Project Angel Heart. I was lucky awesome. enough to serve on their board as their board chair and, and uh campaign chair for a number of years as well when they moved into their new building where they're currently occupying or the current building that they are occupying. And it's an incredible organization that delivers medically tailored meals to folks living with life-threatening illness. All of the meals are volunteer delivered. There's a lot of volunteer opportunity in the kitchen. So I always like to share it, especially for families who are looking for ways that their kids can engage. Sometimes it's hard to get kids involved in philanthropy and volunteering, Um, but delivering meals, decorating bags, all the bags are hand decorated. It's wonderful. And it's a great way to engage um, kids and Girl Scout troops and older adults and uh, folks sometimes that are, are seeking volunteer opportunities that are harder to find. Fantastic. And lastly, if somebody's interested in learning more about Denver Scholarship Foundation, volunteering, supporting, how do they find you? We are always so grateful for that question, Jay. Thank you. Uh, Go to www.denverscholarship.org. We also have a very active social media engagement um, on LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, you name it, we're there. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. And I do recommend everybody go to the, the website and just watch some of the, the videos. And I dare you not to cry. But Lori, thanks a million. This has been fabulous. It's been great spending time with you. Cheers for continued success. Thank you, Jay. Very same to you. Thank you again for the opportunity. Thanks for listening. As a husband and girl dad, I love talking to strong women leaders. This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity and Event Services. If you're interested in how I might be able to bolster your efforts and help your team achieve its goals, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about the Denver Scholarship Foundation, visit their awesome website at denverscholarship.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you would give us a thumbs up and leave a review. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better.